Give me a honk, would you? So we're glad you're here today. We want to thank Brother David for bringing that trailer out and making sure that we had uh, some shelter in case of a storm. But it looks like God's rolled the storm away and we're in good shape this morning. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Exodus, the 12th chapter. And uh, I'm going to be talking about this is no time to stop. Everybody say it with me. This is no time to stop. How many of you have ever seen one of these? Honk your horn if you've ever seen one. Honk your horn if you've ever honk your horn if you've ever run through one. All right, officer, you can go around and write everybody a ticket. No, I'm kidding. We're this tells us something, doesn't it? We don't even have to see the words on it. All we have to do is see that shape and the red, and we know we're supposed to stop. The problem is, is the devil's always trying to throw one of these things up in front of us. And there are times that you have to make up your mind that I refuse to stop. I'm going to keep moving on with God. When you, I don't know if you've ever been traveling in town and then just have someone unexplainably stop right in front of you. There's no sign. It seemed like there was no reason, but they just hit their brakes and stopped and you had to slam on yours to keep from hitting them. The problem is, is that when you're trying to make progress, you don't want to have to keep hitting your brakes all the time. When I was in Colorado and I was driving in those mountains, there's one thing I learned that if you ride your brakes, you're not going to have any. And so you have to learn how to navigate the journey without always stopping. The devil's always trying to get us to stop where we're at and to try and, and, and usually what happens when we stop is we start, you know, we get aggravated, we look around us, we start complaining about everything that's happening around us instead of being thankful for everything that God has done for us. And so God is trying to get in our spirit. We have to keep moving forward. You may only be moving forward an inch at a time, but that's an inch you didn't have before. So we just have to keep moving forward. When Israel found themselves captive in Egypt, they cried out to God and God came to rescue them. From turning the water to blood to flies and frogs and lice and locusts, on and on God fought for them. From darkness to death, he squeezed Egypt until they surrendered. Pharaoh's last words to Moses and Aaron was, get out, leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and worship the Lord as you have requested. All the Egyptians urged the people of Israel to get out of the land as quickly as possible, for they thought, we will all die. I pray for the day when the enemy is so tired of trying to hold us that he just says, okay, just, just 
go on, man. Just go on because you're too much trouble. I'm telling you that when we get our focus on God and stay focused on God, the devil is going to begin to have a nervous breakdown because he's not going to know what to do with us. But as long as he can throw an obstacle in our path and we slam on those brakes every time something happens, something unexpected, something we don't like, something that we weren't looking for, and then we just freeze in our tracks, he sits back and laughs at us. But when we make up our mind and we grit our teeth, and sometimes you just got to get like a bulldog with a bone, grab hold and don't let go, and keep moving forward. The Bible said that when Pharaoh let them go, they took off and not only did they leave, but a huge portion of Egypt left with them. There were over a million people that left that weren't even Egyptians. I mean, that weren't even Israelites. When you start looking at that mass multitude that went with them, I'm telling you that when you live like a light in darkness, it will cause people to follow you because after everyone gets tired of the darkness. Sometimes if you're not careful, you get adjusted to darkness and then the light blinds you. We don't want to get adjusted to darkness. We want to walk in light because we're called to be children of the light. So Pharaoh let them go and then as they left, he changed his mind. How many of you have ever had somebody tell you they're going to do something and then not do it? How many of you have someone in the car with you right now that told you they're go they were going to do something, they didn't do it? All right, so there's a few people that need to work some things out here today. But what I'm saying is this, is man can let you down, but God won't let you down. Pharaoh, God promised them, I'm going to get you out of Egypt. Pharaoh let them go and then tried to go after them and bring them back. And he caught them at the Red Sea. In Exodus the 14th chapter starting with the 10th verse, it says in Pharaoh approached the Israelites as Pharaoh approached the Israelites looked up and saw them, Egyptians coming at them. They were totally afraid. They were out or they cried out in terror to God. They told Moses, weren't the seminaries cemeteries large enough in Egypt so that you had to take us out here in the wilderness to die? What have you done to us, taking us out of Egypt? Back in Egypt, didn't we tell you this would happen? Didn't we tell you, leave us alone here in Egypt? We're better off as slaves in Egypt than as corpses in the wilderness? Isn't that just like... Sometimes we can be so double-minded... We want God to move for us, but when he starts to move for us, if it doesn't happen the way we think it ought to happen, we get all shook up and want to go back. I'm telling you, this is no place to stop. We're going forward. I preached a message a couple weeks ago called, This Changes Everything. And I'm telling you, in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit, everything has changed. There's got to be a different outlook that the church has on reaching the world. Maybe God didn't send this, but God has used this. Because my concern is that as a church, we've stayed inside of four walls too long. 
Sometimes we come in and inside the comfort and the isolation of our sanctuaries, we praise God and then when we walk out, we forget to take that with us. But friend, out here, we're out in the open. Everybody knows we love Him, we believe in Him, we trust Him, and we're going to keep moving forward in Jesus' name. The Bible said that Moses spoke to the people, don't be afraid, stand firm and watch God do His work of salvation for you today. Take a good look at the Egyptians today, for you're never going to see them again. God will fight the battle for you. And you, I love this part, this is in the message. He said, and, and Moses said, and you, you keep your mouth sh shut. Don't turn around and look at anybody, but just say this. Just look up here at me and say, Pastor, I'm going to keep my mouth shut when it comes to doubt, when it comes to fear, when it comes to worry, when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to uncertainty, I am not going to give the devil anything to work with. This is no time for me to stop. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to declare that he's still God, whether the sun's shining or whether it's raining. He's still God, whether I'm on the mountaintop or I am in the valley. He's still God, whether everything's going right or everything's going wrong. He is still God, and he will see us through. This is no time to stop. God, now this is what God said to Moses. Moses told everybody, said, keep your mouth shut. Don't, what was he saying? He's saying, don't breathe out fear. Because once you speak it into the atmosphere, you're giving the enemy something to work with. The Bible said that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And Moses is saying, don't give the devil a, a weapon against you. Keep your mouth closed when you're going to speak out fears, or if you're going to speak out criticism, if you're going to speak out destructive words, don't, don't say it. Because if you don't say it, he can't use it against you. This is what God says to Moses. Why cry out to me? Speak to the Israelites, order them to get moving. Hold your staff and stretch your hand out over the sea. Split the sea. The Israelites will walk through the sea on dry ground. This is no time to stop. What did he say? He said, why are you crying to me? How many of we've ever cried to God? Honk your horn if you've ever cried to God about something. Do you, do you understand that there's a difference between crying out in complaint and crying out in prayer. There's a difference between crying out in fear and crying out in faith. And so God told Moses, why are you crying to me? I've already told you, speak that the children of Israel go forward. Do you understand that our victory is right in front of us? Ephesians 3 and 20 said, Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you're able to ask or think, according to the power of God that worketh in us. God's saying, I'm in you, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And so we have to keep moving. If we're not careful, we give 
up right before our biggest breakthrough, right before we see the miracle. If they had just stopped, thrown up their hands and cried out, we surrender, it would have been over. But instead they trusted God and God did for them what they could not do for themselves. He rolled the obstacle back that was in front of them. And my friend, if God did it for them, he'll do it for us. He'll roll back whatever it is that's trying to hold you back. Just keep moving forward. This is no time to stop. In Scripture, there's a man, his name is Jairus. He finds Jesus, his daughter is dying, and when he finds Jesus, he falls down at his feet, and he begins to beg him and cry out to him for him to save his daughter. Jesus begins to walk and follow Jairus to his home, and all of a sudden the crowd starts just pressing in on him. They get so close. It's like wall-to-wall -wall people, and Jesus is trying to get through them. And in the midst of those people, there was a lady that was hurting, a lady that was slowly dying. She'd been hemorrhaging for the last 12 years. She'd spent everything she had. Hey, thank God for doctors, but how many of you know that doctors can't always do everything? And so she'd spent everything she had on physicians, but the scripture said that she didn't get any better. As a matter of fact, she got worse. But she said in her heart, she said to herself, she made up her mind, I'm not stopping here. I'm not going to allow the enemy to write me off. And instead, she set her eyes on Jesus. And she said in her heart, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She didn't just pull that phrase out of nowhere. That wasn't just something she dreamed up. But she knew scripture. Everyone knew scripture in those days. In the book of Malachi, it said, The son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And in Hebrew, the word wings is translated to the hem of a garment. She knew that this was the son that had been promised. And she knew if she could touch the hem of his garment, she would find healing there. She could have been stoned that day by law if someone had recognized her in the crowd and had recognized her as having an issue of blood, they could have stoned her. But there are some things that are still worth dying for. Some things that are still worth pressing for. Some things that are still worth reaching for. We just have to make up our mind that we're not going to stop, but we're going to press our way through. And when she reached out and got a hold of the hem of that garment, <laughs> I'm telling you, her sorrow turned into joy. Her midnight turned into a noonday sun because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still able to do that for us. Right after that miracle happened, some of the servants of Jairus showed up and came to him and said, there's no need for you to trouble the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. Jesus overheard what they said, and he looked at him, and he told him, he said, just believe. Everybody say that with me, just believe. 
Jesus looks Jairus in the eye after he's heard confirmation that his daughter is dead. And he said, don't be afraid, just believe. I'm telling you, sometimes you have to reach way down in your heart. Regardless of what you've heard, regardless of what you've seen, regardless of what people have said to you, and you've got to get a hold of God and say, Lord, I believe. I still believe. No matter what happens, I believe. Job had found himself in a situation where he, he had lost everything he had. His body is racked with pain. And this is what he said. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. What is Job saying? Job saying, devil, I want you to know up front that no matter what you throw at me, I'm never going to give up on God. That no matter what I face, I'll never capitulate. I'll never give in. I'll never give up. And I'll never stop. I'm going to keep moving forward. Finally, Today I want to share the scripture with you. I, I very seldom read a lot of scripture, but this scripture, I'm talking about when I'm preaching. But this scripture is so powerful and I want you to get the message so strongly that I'm going to read this chapter to you. This is the 73rd chapter of Psalm. I want to ask you a question before I start reading. How many of you have ever looked around before and there were people around you, and, and, and I mean, that you, you knew they were just rank sinners. You, you, now, you could be saying, Pastor, 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 don't, I mean, we shouldn't be calling people rank sinners. I'm talking about these people, you know, drink until they can't determine where they're at or who they are. They howl at the moon every Friday night. And they just, their, their life is in a complete, I mean, they, you, you know what I'm talking about? If there's a party, they're going to be there, and, and they're just sold out to the world. And you've watched their life, and they're blessed more than you are. And you end up scratching your head saying, what's going on? Anybody ever been there? So this is the basis for this passage and I want you to listen to this carefully. This is Psalms 73. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seemed to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have trouble like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? 
I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. When I considered how to understand this, it was too great an effort for me and too painful. When I looked at everything that I saw, when I considered their lives against my life and how they were blessed and it seemed like I was struggling, I almost slipped completely away. But my friend, this is no time to stop. If you're not careful, you'll make a decision when you only know half the story. And the decision you make could end up costing you everything you've been hoping for. Everything you've been reaching for. Everything you've been longing for. Don't give up. Get up and seek God. Let me say it one more time. Don't give up. Get up and seek God. And that's what he does. Listen to, listen to the rest of the psalm. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet, I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. You're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. When my skin sags and my bones get brittle, God is rock firm and faithful. Look, those who have left are falling apart. Deserters, they'll never be heard of again. But I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. I've made the Lord God my house. God, I'm going to tell the world what you do. Somebody shout yes. When the psalmist got into the sanctuary, when he got into the presence of God, all of a sudden all those clouds of confusion were rolled back and he realized it's not over, that God's still God and God's going to visit me. God's going to visit us. He's bringing the blessing back to us. I, mm. This is no time to stop. The best is still yet to come. We've got to get into the presence of God and feel the refreshing. If we're not careful, we get too focused on the negative instead of praising God for His blessing. Listen to Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Now, listen to this line, because I believe with all my heart this line is specifically for us in this hour. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes.
I'm telling you that God is going to give us back what the devil has tried to steal from us. This pandemic is no match for our omnipotent, omnipresent, all-powerful, and all-purposeful God. It's time for us not to stop, but to raise our hands and move forward. Come on and give him a shout of praise in here. As the team comes back on stage, I want to pray for you right now. So if you would just stretch your hands out. Stretch your hands to heaven with me. And we're going to pray. Father, I thank you that, Lord, you have not forgotten. But you've already sent our miracle. You've already determined to bring us exactly what we have need of. Everything that anyone lost during this pandemic, God, I'm asking you to restore. Their wealth, their relationships, their, their health. Father, I pray, God, that you multiply it back to them. Those that have lost their lives during this pandemic, I pray, God, that you've opened heaven wide for them and remind us that the best is still in front of us. God, I ask in Jesus' name that you break every stronghold, that you snap every chain, and that you lift us up and cause us to remember that God is good and the best is in front of us, not behind us, in Jesus' name. God bless you today. Stop.
the parade of honking. Come on, we love you. See you next Sunday at 10 o'clock.